Leave your excuses after the beep, a podcast created for anyone who has ever used an excuse to not do something that you said you would. Does this sound familiar? From busy, overworked, stressed out moms to thriving moms, wives, and health coaches, Kitty Clemens and Kyla McComas are Midwest moms who are breaking down excuses and empowering others to do the same. Listen in to hear which of our excuses we break down next. I'm Kyla McComas. And I'm Kitty Clemens. busy. We're not busy. We're all over the place. You know, think we have our schedules together, you know, then life happens. Um, I don't know about you, Kitty, but um, my, well, half of my family went through the whole, I don't know, I thought it was allergies. And then, um, but it knocked me out for a couple minutes, (laughs) maybe like a day, but, um, but yeah, and now my voice is like in and out. So if you, (laughs) We're just dealing with it, right? So I still committed to you, Kitty, and I am here. But that's life. Yeah. Kids at home. We've had the stomach stuff going around our household, thankfully. Um, the adults have been spared so far, so that's a bonus. Uh, <laughs> not that I wish that on my children, but, <clears throat> you know, they just bounce back better than than I do. <laughs> anyway, to dive into this week, we're doing things a little bit differently. You know, we've uh, been talking, this is week 17 that we have been coming on here and talking about, you know, leaving our excuses after the beep and bringing on a couple of different interview uh, guests that we've been able to kind of pick their brain a little bit about, you know, what's working well for them, their stories, the types of things that they're kind of going through and navigating in their season of life. It kind of sparked us to um, dive in a little bit to what brought us to where we are. And I know we kind of talked about this briefly when we did our original introduction to the podcast. We talked just a little bit about like why we decided to do this podcast um, and come on here live. I know it's always awkward. We talk about podcasts yet. For those of you watching this on Facebook, you're seeing us in yeah. uh, live and in person, but we do also have a legit podcast that Mm -hmm. you can go and download and you can listen to all of the previous episodes without having to rifle through our Facebook newsfeed to find us. But we wanted to dive in a little bit more to just our stories, how we kind of got to where we are today kind of rehashing some of those pivotal moments that we experienced in our lives when we decided that, you know, that we were worth more than what we were offering ourselves um, and that it was worth it for us to invest in something, even if it was something way outside our comfort zone and we had to, you know, enlist in the trust of someone else in order to seek out that I agree. Well, you know, Kitty, I think it's probably great to have you start off because you were obviously a um, <laughs> a big reason of why I, you know, did this or or 
um, joined on this journey with you. Um, so I think it's, it's really like, when did you hit that spot of like rock bottom in your, before you even knew about, you know, coaching or this health journey, like before you even knew about that, like what was your like rock bottom of like, man, I wish there's something out there that could help me right now or could make my life brighter or bigger or whatever, or chase different dreams or goals, even if you didn't have that at the time? That's a very, that's a very good question. (laughs) When did I hit rock bottom? See, I was probably at rock bottom for quite a while before I recognized that that's where I was. Because in a state of like utter exhaustion as a new mom, that point probably, I can probably pinpoint it to around the time that my kiddos were around one and two, probably not quite one and two, or even just the fact that my kids are that close in age (laughs) might be the one thing, the... (laughs) Um, the minute we knew we were having our second kiddo, not long after our first had turned one, um, was not exactly a, it wasn't exactly what we had, you know, planned per se. And so that really kind of shifted things because we were still trying to figure out how to be parents of one child, a child who, you know, it's very interesting how you're very independent and kind of do your own things as adults and then kids come into the picture and suddenly they rule the world and you are like their pawn (laughs) you bend over backwards you I mean it's your job to keep them alive it's your job to help them thrive you're supposed to be teaching them things and setting them up for success and you know they're supposed to be good people and who do they learn that from, but the people that are around them. So there's a lot of things that just go into parenting, right? And any parent who's listening to this can probably relate to some form of that. And so you you get really sucked into, you know, everything about your kids. And we talked about that last week with Sharon, how, you know, and you almost lose your identity (laughs) of Mm -hmm. who you were prior to becoming a parent, because, It's just, it requires so much of your time and energy at that time. When our youngest was about a year old, we decided that it was, uh, we had an opportunity to sell our current home and buy a, a home in the country. It was always like one of our dreams, right? We talk about dreams and goals a lot. And that kind of segues into a lot of my story too, is that, you know, we had this opportunity to have this home in the country and it really was not an ideal time (laughs) to think about doing any of that. And it really took a toll on me physically, mentally, um, financially. It was super stressful. It definitely was nothing that I had prepared for so quickly. Like it was one of those dreams that you're like, five, 10 years in the future, not three months from now kind of a thing. And so that kind of really sealed the deal on my like lowest of low in my health. (laughs) Everything really came, came first, um, before me, things kind of spiraled for a few years after that, just trying to like keep your head above water with kids, with my career as a nurse, I was cross training into different things. And 
felt like I was fulfilled, but working crazy hours. And that was stressful too, as your kids get older, um, doing shift work is hard when you're missing half the day, or you're not seeing your spouse because you're working opposite hours and trying to make ends meet. So you just do what you do, do what you can do, you know, to try to make all that happen. Probably a time or two or three or four (laughs) that I found myself like super physically sick and ill and down and out for like weeks at a time. And I started to kind of put together these patterns of like, dang, like, why is it after certain situation, I get really sick and I'm down and out and I don't feel well and I don't bounce back well, like what is the common denominator that I really started looking at? Like, is there something physically actually wrong with me? As a nurse, you go down that rabbit hole of like every bad diagnosis out there, like I must be dying from something. I went down that rabbit hole of like medical testing and all of the exams and scopes and the blood work and all of these things, all to be told that it was fine that they could find no physical reason as to why I was feeling the way that I felt. And that was really defeating. Like, dang, I feel like crap. I look like crap. I don't know. Like, what do I do? And you made the comment just before I started rambling that, um, you know, like, when did you know that you needed something more? I didn't even know that there was a thing that could help me. You know, I was truly just in a mental state of this is life. I don't know, like, is this normal for people to feel this way? Like I felt defeated because we, we had all the things that we had dreamt about and had, you know, had wanted. We each had, you know, really respectable careers and I was, you know, advancing in that we had these two beautiful children who are healthy and well, and, you know, just a total joy bought our house in the country, like living in this little piece of paradise and yet found myself wondering like, okay, now what? Like, these are all the things that as a little girl, I was like, oh, you know, I just have to keep reaching these milestones, like graduate high school, graduate college, get a job. And I kept checking off these boxes, but now there weren't any more boxes to check off. And I was at the lowest of lows in my physical health. And it was like, okay, there's got to be something. I have to do something different. I don't know what it was. And it wasn't until I started doing research from a health perspective that I even got into contact with the people who opened my eyes to the potential for something different. That was a total ramble. But I would say at some point between (laughs) about five and nine years ago, (laughs) <laughs> there was definitely there was the list of lows. Yeah, it was like a, a complete downhill slide. And then we kind of hung out here in the valley for a really, really, really long time. And about five years ago is when things started to kind of come out. Yay. Climb the mountain a little bit. So yeah. here we are. And here we are now. And honestly, Kitty, I know we said we were going to bring this um, podcast because um, we just felt like it was time to kind of share our story and that we're in this mist and all this stuff too every day. I mean, every day is a challenge and that's kind of like what we've said numerous times. And I know we talk about health all the time, but that it relates to so much and it's not just the scale for us. So what I meant by winging this, it might just be a good um, podcast just to continue with your story because this could get real deep, right? Um, And then maybe next time we'll we'll share a little bit of mine. But so I wanted to elaborate um, a little bit about, so you saw 
obviously the whole, um, you know, you had concerns with just not recouping um, fast enough or getting the energy back and all that stuff. Um, so then come to the realization, like you said, the five to nine years ago, you made that step into what you are um, currently doing. Um, so kind of give us like that little like bridge to um, when you initially were like, yes, this is, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I need. And yeah, share with us a little bit about that. So it's kind of a twofold <laughs> answer to that. So I didn't even realize that I was looking for something until I started doing research um, for my personal health reasons. So um, like I mentioned, I had done all kinds of tests and procedures and everything came back totally normal, normal, right? So the only thing abnormal in my eyes was that I was, you know, carrying a lot of extra weight. I was carrying weight from my second pregnancy that was probably really a double on from my first pregnancy. And at the time, um, my baby was four. (laughs) So I had been hanging on to it for a really long time. And so then I started down that whole like mental beat yourself up stage of like, if I could just lose this weight, I would probably feel better because really prior to having kids, I felt great. You know, I didn't have like the symptoms and like, I wasn't feeling run down. And so maybe that was it. So I tried doing some things, um, you know, from a a weight loss perspective, you know, I had cut out some different things and it really wasn't obvious to me at the time, but, um, a coworker of mine, we were doing this challenge, you know, where you eat mostly whole foods and drink lots of water and, you know, no sugar or processed things, no bread, that kind of stuff. And kind of like cleanse your system out. And, um, for two weeks that we did this, um, at the end of it, I was like, oh, you know, I feel great. Da, da, da. And she's like, have you ever considered just not eating gluten? <laughs> I was like, why would I do that? She's like, well, you know, we share this small space. Like we literally shared a cubicle together. And she's like the last two weeks that we've been doing this. She's like, I haven't heard you complain once about your stomach. And that was always a daily a daily complaint, like, Oh, I feel like crap. Why did I eat this? Or why did I do this? And it's not that I ate terrible things, but like, I would eat like a sandwich, like a Turkey, a Turkey sandwich for lunch, or I would have peanut butter toast for breakfast or whatever. So not tons of carbs, but in bread, but there was some, and I was like, gosh, that sounds terrible. Like I could never not eat donuts or cookies (laughs) or like, that was my initial thought. Um, but I was like, you know, maybe I'll just stick with it for a little while. And so I started just as an experiment to cut out gluten to see how I felt. Right. And so, you know, seven, eight months or so, and my symptoms started to kind of creep back in again, despite not having gluten. And I got a little leery, um, ended up, um, having a pretty significant, um, bout of something that wound me up in the ER that point, I decided to get really serious about like, okay, what is, if it's not gluten, that's causing me to feel this way. Like, what is it? 
maybe I like did have an allergy to something. And they told me that, you know, we really can't do any blood testing for allergies unless you have an anaphylactic reaction. So unless your symptoms are respiratory related, um, we really can't do anything for you. You have to see a nutritionist and potentially look through like a FODMAP and elimination diet in order to determine food allergies and intolerances. That was the moment that I left that office in tears. <laughs> I was so distraught because I was convinced that if they would have just, you know, tested my blood to tell me what I was really intolerant to, it would have been so much easier, but that's not physically possible when it comes to GI intolerances. So I met with a nutritionist not long after that and dove into this whole world of FODMAP and elimination diets cut everything out of my diet. I joke, but I truly ate quinoa, lettuce, bananas, and chicken for about six weeks um, until I no longer had symptoms. And then once I started to realize like, okay, like I just have some food intolerances. And as long as I avoid those, I feel good. But then I started to panic because <laughs> I was coming to the end of this elimination um, diet trial. I knew that I was adding foods back in and I was finding things to eat. Um, I had lost some weight during that process because who wouldn't if you're eating lettuce, quinoa, bananas, and chicken, like, hello, I don't recommend it. Definitely no. do not try this at home. Like do it only under the direction of a actual nutritionist or somebody who has yeah. a registered dietitian who has a license to help you do that. I started researching, like, what am I going to do when I'm done with it? I still just want to eat the donuts and <laughs> eat all the things that aren't healthy for me. And what am I going to do? Like mentally, I have to change how I look at nutrition and how I look at life at this point. And that is when I started to do research and came across different coaching opportunities. Like, okay, if I can potentially use what I know as a nurse and help somebody else through this, because that was the thing. All of these people were coming up to me over the that six month time frame going, I just, I can't believe that you're, you know, able to do what you're doing. Wow, what, you know, how can you help me? And I'm like, stop eating all the things you like. <laughs> Like that was all I could offer them. That drove me down this rabbit hole of Google searches and phone calls with random schools and programs and people that said that they could help in one way or another to help with some of that mindset things. And ultimately, that is where I was connected with um, the gentleman who I decided to partner with as a coach. One, to be coached myself and then potentially to coach other people. And that is kind of where all of that started. And I tell this to a lot of people now, like what I wish I would have, you know, known then what I know now, um, had to make sure you got that right. But like, I mean, you hit it on the spot for like a lot of people where we are so immune to feeling like dirt, eating like dirt, just like anything that's creating a habit of like, I, my body is used to this. And once we start to be conscious and recognize that something is off, something is triggering it. And, you know, that's where if we're not feeling good, or we're complaining about something, like you said, it's not healthy to complain about something every day. Just think if you didn't, um, you know, do that challenge or anything like that, like, where would you be right now? You would literally be complaining about your stomach, um, zero energy, overweight, all those things. And I now 
take, I don't take that for granted when my body is not feeling good. <laughs> like if I eat, for instance, um, fast food now triggers me in some of them. Um, and, uh, well, of course, Chinese, but, but it's not good <laughs> to feel like dirt. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have the headaches. I hear people with headaches or if I, they have back pain or if they have, um, uh, if they're tired all the time, if all these things trigger you and it, it overall leads to your health, but it also leads to a lot of it boils down to your diet, your everyday diet. And I think what you said that triggered you was like, yes, I mean, luckily for you, you get to eliminate gluten, <laughs> which I wish that's why I love hanging out with you because you help me not <laughs> to eat, to eat the, the gluten and, you know, anything like that. So Again, there's a healthy surrounding for me. <laughs> like, you know, there are some, there's some truth to that. So, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I identified a lot of different food intolerances that I've had. Um, and it's not that I, I mean, there is nothing that I'm officially allergic to. So I truly could eat gluten yeah. if I wanted to, but it's going to make me feel like garbage for mm-hmm. days, sometimes weeks I've had, um, issues and, and my body does not react well to that. Um, and mentally I don't react well to that. So there's a lot of like hubbub, right. With this whole like gluten-free trend that people were, you know, trying to jump on board with. I mean, but a lot of the times I see people who really significantly are conscious about the added foods that cause inflammation, increased yep. sugar, alcohol, flowers, like those sorts of things can cause inflammation in your body. And that surfaces in different ways. Just like you said, sometimes it's in your gut. Sometimes it's brain fog. Sometimes it's muscle and joint pain. And when I choose to eat some of those things that maybe aren't the greatest, like having alcohol or, um, just something with more sugar, like even, you know, chocolate or whatever, like I feel that. And I have just gotten to a point over lots of time that it's just not worth it for me. And it's easy for me to say no to that most of the time, not all the time, but that was what was key when I was, you know, researching, like what's going to help me to overcome this, because this isn't something that I'm just going to grow out of. It's not something that's just going to go away. I'm forever going to have to have this battle with nutrition, or it's like, I feel like crap or I eat better. Like there's really the trade-off. Like all I have to do is eat food that my body likes. Like what the heck? Why, why wouldn't I do that? But that's really hard for some people. And so I had to have that whole support piece that was huge. So for one, I started to coach because selfishly, I wanted to stay accountable to myself. Like Mm -hmm. if I have to show up for other people, I'm going to keep showing up for myself. The minute I start, you know, hiding hiding and not responding to people or not going out in public or, you know, not responding to phone calls. Like I knew that that was going to be a total out for me to sneak back into my old ways. So accountability was huge. And then having structure and people with a like-minded goal, we are all more alike than we are different. We totally gravitate toward whatever the people around us are doing. So if you have unhealthy surroundings, (laughs) your odds of making unhealthy choices are very high. 
I know we can't just fire our entire families, right? Or move out of the house that you're in. I get that. But you can be the catalyst that starts to create that culture of change. And we have that discussion all the time in our house, not the specific culture discussion, but just how are we, you know, making healthier choices? It's not that we don't have sugar or, you know, don't have bags of chips in our house. It's, you know, what are the healthier things that you can eat first or at least at a minimum consume? Um, and just knowing that whole moderation piece, like I grew up without that moderation piece, like it was all or nothing. <laughs> I, know. You know, so, I know. So there are a lot of key components of maintaining what I've achieved with my health. And I feel like it's important too to always like keep striving for something more. Five years ago, when I started all of this entire health endeavor, I decided at that point that, you know, maybe I should be a runner, you know, because <laughs> running seemed like a good idea. When you're 40 pounds overweight, that's a great idea. No, not so much. <laughs> it did get easier as yeah. you know, the weight came off. But I can honestly say that as great as it was to lose the extra weight that I was carrying around, it definitely was not the ticket. Like by the time I had lost the um the 40 pounds that I was carrying, I still had felt like crap because at that point I really hadn't been fueling my body appropriately. Like I had cut out all the junk, so I lost the weight, but I wasn't eating things that were making me like that didn't give me the energy that I needed. So that was huge when I started um, partnering with a coach and just learning like, what is healthy nutrition? What does that look like? Um, You know, how important is it for you to actually drink water and prioritize sleep and move your body? And these were all things that as a nurse, I knew were fundamental, you know, things. Yeah. (laughs) But did I know how to apply them? No. I had no idea. I was still like spiraling from trying to figure out how to be that mom. Remember the busy, overworked, sleep deprived mom? Like, I didn't know where to start. So, having a coach really helped with that. And I pride myself now on being somebody who can help to see that in other people before they're able to, you know, pull themselves out of the fog, which I I hope is where things came in with you. But yes, well, the the verdict's still out. Next time, <laughs> Kitty. Honestly, I obviously <laughs> been with you for um, you know five years, and now we're you know tattooed for life. So um, <laughs> you make best friends out of this whole thing, and who would have thought that you know <clears throat> that would have come down to that? So, and hearing your story, no matter how many times I've heard it, you hear something a little bit different, or something that may trigger for someone else or for like me at that current state in my life. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that doesn't really relate to me today. But down the road, when she says it again, I'm like, man, yeah, I was going through that or something. So I love that we touched a little bit on how you started. And we just know that the future is bright for you, sister. And uh, I can't wait to hear hear more about it down the road. So yeah. The story so, isn't over yet. It's still evolving, right? Story is over. It's changing yeah. all the time, which is a good thing. Exactly. So thanks for joining in. I know we carried over a little bit. We hope that you grabbed something out of these stories. So thanks for joining.